0: Let's get it on. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Other Castle.
1: The Other Castle, you can't tell me what to do.
0: I'm going to do my best. Now introduce yourself.
1: Ah. (laughs) I'm going to do it because I want to, not because you want me to. I'm not going to conform to your bullshit, man. (laughs) I'm Andrea, or if you check me out online, it's Andrea Anaki.
0: And my name's Tom. Just Tom? Just Tom, because (laughs) I was never a part of the world that we're going to be exploring today.
1: And yet you found me.
0: (laughs) I am going to be a full-blown tourist. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this was not my fandom, not my genre, not my era. One bit whatsoever.
1: Well, allow me to be your tour guide into the world of emo. Oh, yes. <laughs> We're going to get fucking weird today.
0: This is going to be probably one of our strangest episodes.
1: And that's saying something. <laughs> um, holy shit. So speaking of episodes, we are at The Other Castle Podcast. I'm Andrea. This is Tom.
0: Yep, Still.
1: Still, and we are a video game podcast. We break down the plot, lore, and more behind your favorite, your least favorite, your most curious about video games. And we tell you who made them, why, behind the scenes drama. Then we do an auditory walkthrough of the plot because the plots of video games are fucking insane.
0: And not a lot of people know what the plots are, because I'll tell you what, I never played emo games, so I don't know what the fuck happens.
1: Oh, honey, I played it a lot. I don't know what the fuck happened either. (laughs) This was a shit show. Uh, This does break up the cycle of what I'm calling the Fuzzy Friends trilogy of (laughs) Wolf Among Us, Untitled Goose Game, and Stray. Yeah. And now we are taking a hard turn into surrealist insanity. Okay. (laughs) I think it's fair to put it, but so we are going to go into emo. Game, which is an older Flash game. Now, this is my genre. (laughs) Clearly. (laughs) Clearly. Clearly not Tom's. And as a preface, I do want to put some content warnings here. This was made in 2002.
0: Right. Uh oh. Did some people get canceled along the way?
1: Yeah, this game got fucking canceled along (laughs) the way. This entire game is 2002 humor and. You were in high... Were I graduated
0: in, high school in 2002. I
1: wasn't going to out you like that. That's but okay. Yeah, I was much younger, as I'm very young. And 2002 was a very different place in the world. Since then, we've learned not to say the R word. Oh. We've learned, you know, sucking dicks is not an insult. It's just something right. you do sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, you know, <laughs> as a society, we've grown from there. This game is very much a time capsule of the era. And if that kind of shock humor isn't for you, this episode might not be for you.
0: Totally understandable.
1: Although I do feel like I just baited all the teenagers that are like, what the fuck is going on to want to listen to this? You know, if that's not your jam, totally get it. Totally respect it. Goose game might be. It's a little political, strangely. (laughs) But just to throw it out there as a friend.
0: I mean, I think of the things that made me laugh in 2002 and I'm just cringing over here thinking about it right now. That was like a
1: Borat era, right?
0: I mean, it was a little pre-Borat even, but it was still, oh man, there was was some... uh, Some cringe. Some cringe. You know, I think back to, you know, early days of online gaming and things like that and just the kind of language that was being thrown around at that time as well.
1: Definitely. I mean, you know, you said you were a senior in 2002 and I was a senior in high school. Super bad came out right and which is a perfect fucking movie to come out when you're a senior in high school but even looking back at it now there's some things that don't age great
0: (laughs) i mean super bad is a damn near perfect high school movie except for the things that did not age well
1: yeah if it came out today would not test great no (laughs) but you know what in 2008 fucking iconic amazing perfect movie so just, I want to throw that off at the top and just please keep the cultural world in mind as we go through it. Andrea, why are you doing this? Because you know what? It happened. And I played this shit a lot and I was a shitbag kid. I had a big poster of Johnny Knoxville in my room. You know, it happens. You you get no weird shock humor. Oh, you know what was big around this time? Fucking Celebrity Deathmatch. I think that's a very valid comparison. Uh, yeah, in the world of what we're looking at. So Okay that's kind of the energy we're playing with
0: it's a very cynical time
1: it is <laughs> it's a it's a rough one Gen X uh, didn't do great in that era with the media <laughs> they were pumping out but that's all just off the top from here on out we're gonna get a little weird and also actually just to that point there are some things i'm omitting because we don't even need to bring that shit up right now okay from what i am not omitting and bringing up there's still a lot that we're fucking doing so (laughs) so today like tom and i mentioned we are doing emo game now like tom mentioned He was a normie, still is. He's tattooed and has a cool piercing, but like, I look like a doodle pad. I am clearly a product of that time. I have stretched ears. You can stick a quarter through. Parts of my head are shaved. Man, I went through a lot of eyeliner this year. (laughs) Setting the scene again. The year is 2002. You're drawing on your Vans. You fold two black jelly bracelets into a loop around your wrist. You're home watching the Osborns and drinking the upside-down 7-Up spinoff, D.N.L. And you finally got internet time. What do you do? You boot up the PC, listen to the internet turn on, and you log into emogame.com to play around of the infamous Flash game, lampooning some of the most classic pop-punk era bands known to man. The one and only emo game. Yeah, I was an emo kid. I got into the scene and I grew up in the East Bay, which has an incredible music scene, an incredible world of culture that does support this world. So it was kind of perfect to be real. An emo game is an extension of that. So, Emo Game is a series of Flash games, which we have never covered on this show, have we?
0: No, we have not done a Flash game yet. We've done arcades. We've done a, most of the consoles, that, like the major consoles.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, we've even done a Game Boy game, but we have not done a Flash game.
1: Yeah, so this is kind of fun. Now, Flash games don't exist anymore.
0: <laughs> no, they can't. Uh, you can't even find them anymore. I mean, there are people that have done, like, remakes of certain things to make it, like, close approximations of those games still existing. But, yeah, Flash shut down, wasn't it? Uh, Adobe shut down, like, about two years ago?
1: Yeah, so Adobe Flash Player was the name of the plugin. And Flash games were huge early to... Now, internet era, frankly. Yeah. So, the past, what, 20 odd years, flash games have been a huge thing. Mm-hmm. There's like freeflashgames.com. You can spend hours there at the school library that had good internet, not my house. Flash games were a fucking moment and they just straight up don't exist anymore. That's which wild. is so, I know, right? It was such a thing. It's wild. So, Emo Game, like mentioned, is formatted as Flash games and these are comprised of side scrollers with minor fighting mechanics and they're done with 16 bit art. And, you know, pretty simple, but the fun thing is that all of the characters are Warped Tour era fucking boy band boys.
0: A whole lot of Vans.
1: So many Vans.
2: <laughs>
1: Emo game first graced the internet with its presence in 2002, which is 20 years ago if you just want to hate yourself for a minute.
0: Yeah, I just got my uh, reunion thing in the mail.
1: Your high school reunion? Yeah. Oh, but... You have so much hair, and you could totally go and be like, all y'all and got shit on my hairline.
0: All you bald motherfuckers.
1: <laughs> I have a young wife, and we have a podcast. <laughs>
0: What's up? And they'll
1: be like, okay.
0: <laughs> we didn't invite you.
1: <laughs> so if you are old enough to have played emo game, just as a side note, it's time to start saving your 401k and use a retinol cream. Okay. <laughs> now, the premise of the emo game, Video game universe, because it is fully a universe, there are multiple entries in this world. Was basically to be a fun set of games that poke fun at pop culture as a whole, with the backdrop of some of the best emo bands and music of the era through this extreme Gen X lens of the early aughts. Okay, so that means this is gonna get kind of disgusting. (laughs) These games were made solely by Jason Oda, an independent video game producer who just loves emo music video games and admittedly at the time shock humor.
0: So he was like a very Scott Cawthon-esque all by himself.
1: Entirely. Just okay. another wildly talented, hardworking, independent solo creator.
0: Awesome. Good for him. Yeah,
1: they're fucking groundbreakers, you know? Like it I'm sure they're one in so many that break through and do something cool. But man, the ones that break through, so talented. So he's a one-man machine who earned his BFA in illustration from the Rhode Island School of Design.
0: Oh, RISD. Damn, okay. That's a good school.
1: Oh, entirely. He graduated in 2001, where he primarily did oil paintings.
0: Oil paintings? And then he went into making video games? Making
1: 8-bit video games. Damn. So, Tom, you mentioned it's RISD. RISD is a fucking sick-ass school, and some of the people that also went there, the alumni, are Shepard Fairey, Seth McFarlane, Gus Van Sant, disgraced pervert James Franco, (laughs) and so many more. Now, for reference, I went to the same college as Cheech Baron from Cheech and Chong, so (laughs) you know, we all have a start. Right. It's fine. At the time of the emo game era, Jason Oda was operating under the developer name Starving Eyes, which is very emo, just to throw it out there.
0: Oh, super emo.
1: The Starving Eyes website now reroutes back to his personal website with his reel and hiring information and primarily promoting his more recent projects.
0: Which are like, ew, cringe.
1: (laughs) I mean, he's actually very talented and is doing really cool shit now, but, you know, he's like, if you know me from this era, this is me now, guys. (laughs) At the time, the early aughts, these games were the absolute shit for an emo kid like me. Mm -hmm. And, Tons of other emo kids like me. They were edgy and fun, and I used to hog space on the family dial-up PC before my parents came home from work, playing these after school and showing them to my friends. And I, as an elder emo, at the time was a burgeoning emo, and had a flair for eyeliner, I had my van slip-ons, I started stretching my ears. I started stretching my ears when I was 12 years old.
0: Oh my god.
1: Yeah. My parents didn't notice until my grandma called it out and was
0: like,
1: "Andre, she's dead." Andre, I can like see through your ear, and I was like, "Nope."
0: You're like, "Shut up!" No, you can't. I was
1: like, "Your vision's bad, Grandma." And we were at a Perkins in Pennsylvania. My parents were like. What the fuck? And Lee clearly couldn't get mad at me in front of my grandma and start a fight because they're like, we're not going to ruin this family dinner over our shithead kid. Uh, (laughs) But they clearly were not happy. Still not happy about it. It's fine. I don't care.
0: Yeah, they've gotten over it by now.
1: My mom found my head tattoo and was like, huh, all right.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's just expected at this point. Yeah.
1: (laughs) They could not care less. I've fully broken their spirit on how I look.
0: You are married and have a successful career. You're doing fine. They have stopped worrying about you.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I guess when you see your 12-year-old is doing some like permanent body modification shit, whatever. It's It's different than when you're a grown-up paying for it with money you get selling weed. so at the time I had this dark brown hair I was dying it bottle black I was wearing baggy band shirts I had spiky bracelets such a fucking dork
0: and like you say to me like oh how did I end up with you but that was the thing was while I wasn't a part of that scene the whole punk girl aesthetic to me was just like absolutely so hot really oh entirely like Avril Lavigne yeah that was it
1: Christina and I did go through a phase where we wore ties over our tank tops. Wore
0: ties and like a fuck ton of belts and yeah, shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Didn't
1: need them. They weren't holding my pants up. I was sagging my pants
0: because
1: <laughs> I was like caught in this thing where I was like I can't tell if I want to kiss the boys in the bands or be the boys in the bands. I found out I was bisexual
2: <laughs> clearly at this time. It was, like... so
1: I was doing this thing where I was both emulating and looking up to dudes in bands. <laughs> I was like I don't know where I fall but I'm going to stretch my yeah i did a lot of self-discovery anyway that's not what this episode's about (laughs) this video game at the time was fucking everything to a kid like me so with most elder emos the early aughts were just a silly time that we collectively try to sweep under the rug I had the benefit of being able to let my MySpace page rotten to irrelevance, but Jason Oda's emo phase was documented in self-produced video games that reached national attention. (laughs) Today, emo game has made its way off of his resume and off of his reel in favor of more recent projects, and some are really incredible. He's done a lot of commercial video game work for brands like Expedia, where they had a video game on their website you could interact with,
0: Oh, okay. I was like, wait, Expedia, that's a travel website.
1: Yeah. He did an interactive music video piece for Weezer as like a video game. He okay, really, really unique pieces that kind of have built on his love for video games and his love for music and paired them to a new elevated stance in his career. He's clearly graduated from the emo class of 2004 and moved on to these bigger and better things. But much like side bangs, there's always going to be a place in our collective emo hearts for this cult classic. <laughs> God, I loved my side bangs.
0: I did not. Why? I remember you still had them when we met, and I really <laughs> talked you out of those.
1: I also couldn't see.
0: You couldn't. You <laughs> kept one eye covered entirely. <laughs>
1: why are things always hitting me on the left side? You're like, cause you haven't looked out of that way since 2001.
0: And the sad thing is, is you are not the first person that I bullied out of bangs.
1: You need to stop bullying I people.
0: <laughs> I don't bully people normally, but you and one other person got bullied out of bangs. You
1: know what this sounds like though? You sound like fully like I'm the jock that bullies girls. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm the punk girl who hates everything. And then we fell in love. Fuck you. I don't want to be in this rom-com anymore. We get along perfectly
0: fine. Yeah, absolutely.
1: We met in college. It was a different time. (laughs) Jason Oda has done a couple interviews on Emo Game. It's been very hard to dig them up, so I only have a couple pieces to go from. But I did find a statement about what brought Emo Game to fruition. So Jason Oda stated that he spent lazy summers driving and looking at Steven Tyler's got milk ads on large roadside billboards and on the sides of buses. In the boredom of traffic, he began to imagine how great it would be if some of his favorite musicians band together to kill him.
0: Steven Tyler. Yes. Of Aerosmith fame. Yes. And an alumnus of this show. Yes. Oh, goodness. Now, see, our lowest rated show by far (laughs) is our Aerosmith Quest for Fame episode.
1: Oh, bitch, you gonna go there?
0: And that's out of season one, if you want to go back that far to when we didn't know what the fuck we were doing while we were making this show.
1: I would suggest not doing that.
0: However, he has appeared on this show once before as, eh, I would say, kind of a hero.
1: That is definitely not what's happening now.
0: So now we've got Steven Tyler as a villain. I think this is the first time we've had a hero turn into a villain on this show.
1: Ooh. (laughs) Sorry, I was just trying to think of if that's happened, but yeah.
0: Like even in like a twist I mean, I guess Atlas, Bioshot, is like the closest to the hero turning into a villain kind of a situation. But this is like literally the hero of one game is now the bad guy in another game. That's pretty cool.
1: If you want to pour me another shot for referencing it, there is a future Bioshock installment where that's entirely the case.
0: (laughs) But I'm not going to
1: spill spoilers on that one, so I'm going to keep that one vague and just do a shot anyway. Just move forward. (laughs) Jason Oda has also said this, and this is just a direct quote from an interview he did. Emo game was just an overlapping of many things going on in my life at the time. It was 2001, I was 22 or 23, just out of college, In my first stupid design job as a designer at a military laboratory.
0: Military laboratory, right? What was he designing? Weapons? Oh Jesus!
1: It's usually classified when the word military is there. Yeah. But he's a graphic designer. Again, he got his degree from RISD in oil painting. (laughs) I doubt he was out there building bombs and shit.
0: He was just doing portraits of the generals.
1: Yeah, he's just he's the resident portrait
2: artist.
1: (laughs) How fabulous would that be? Right. Anyway, back to the quote. Just. To be clear where I'm pulling his words on my own. I lived in Boston and was meeting some people in the scene who were major music snobs and haters. I learned Flash for the sole purpose of designing my own website and decided to see if I could make a video game. Emo was on my mind a lot, and I always had a severe hatred of Steven Tyler. (laughs) So it all kind of came together in a giant mess like that.
0: (coughs) The fact that he just it's all based on his hatred of Steven Tyler is hilarious. <laughs>
1: you really appreciate that. Yeah. So I'm glad you mentioned that because people have been like, Why Steven Tyler?
2: <laughs> now
1: this is another direct quote. I just okay. want to be very clear where I'm taking his words and, you know, giving respect to the artist and also maintaining my distance from things. I'm not a big Aerosmith person by any means, but They're fine. Yeah, it's it's commercial rock, like I'll hear it in a laundry commercial and be like, I know that song. Fucking great. There's that one uh, sample in an Eminem song that's kind of cool.
0: We have Alicia Silverstone today, thanks to a music video from them. And
1: Clueless is so good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So Jason Nota on Steven Tyler. Part of what rock and roll is, is about being cool, whether you like it or not. So me validating my hatred towards Steven Tyler by saying he sucks is good enough, in my opinion. <laughs> he hasn't written his own music in over a decade, and this is in the early odds. Right. If you need more proof, please read this quote from a recent Aerosmith song. Pink as the sheets we lay on, pink is my favorite crayon.
0: <laughs> okay, He's to be got fair, a point. Like, that's, it's a really good song, though. Is it, though? <laughs> <laughs>
1: See, yeah, this makes me want to be more emo because I'm like, yeah, fuck that shit. The best thing he's done was that fucking Super Bowl where NSYNC and Nelly came out. Fight me on it.
0: I will fight you on it. Quest for Fame is the best thing that Eros I'm just kidding. That's <laughs> the game's fucking awful.
1: You couldn't even get through doing a
0: bit. <laughs> no. You know it was
1: the halftime show, bitch. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, that was definitely better. And their, their Rockstar game was better than the fucking... <laughs>
2: it's not even their best video
0: game. No. Fuck me. <laughs> I have one more quote from
1: Jason Nota that I think is kind of cool. He was asked, How do I make a game like Emo Game? Jason Nota said, Get Macromedia Flash and Adobe Photoshop. Learn a couple of years worth of programming, fine tune your skills with a pencil tool. Then don't get laid for a really long time.
2: <laughs>
1: it's probably not worth it. Oh, okay. <laughs> so he has a great sense of humor. Yeah. You know, like he's sharp, he's cynical, he's. Very funny. He's self-aware. It is very much a 2002, early aughts era of being. I was okay. going to say character, but he's a real ass man.
0: I mean, it just it sounds very Gen X.
1: He's so aggressively Gen X. Yeah.
0: Very <laughs> like, much that style of humor, that very Kevin Smithy, like just very sarcastic and cynical. Yeah.
1: I was just going to say trench coats and cigarettes,
0: yeah. which fully <laughs> encompasses exactly the what... clerk's
2: era. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, that's entirely dead on. He has mentioned, though, that the games did become pretty popular and were featured in Spin Magazine, the New York Times, and were mentioned on MTV. You know, for the era, that's fucking huge. I mean,
0: getting on MTV when they still had music videos playing, that's right? pretty significant.
1: Totally. So while the emo world and phase was kind of silly, it did end up becoming this fascinating flash the pan for pop culture. And, you know, emo was something that the mainstream culture was desperately trying to figure out at the time. And this game actually became the number two Google slot when you Googled the word emo.
0: Really? Yeah. So wow, the, that's pretty impressive, actually.
1: The relevance for this actually kind of blew up. You know, everyone's talking about it in the lexicon, and it's just... What's giving you an example of what emo is when you literally fucking Google it?
0: Right. I mean... I didn't understand emo first when it first came out. I just saw everybody dressing a certain way. Their hair got longer and very, very straight and was just covering their faces. (laughs) And I, you know, you say it was a phase, but I can tell you there are people that are still stuck in it. So I don't know how much of a phase it actually was. It was just that it became this, like you said, a lifestyle. And and I feel bad because I know like South Park addressed this and stuff too, where it was goths versus the emos Mm -hmm. kind of a situation because a lot of their styles started to blend.
1: Yeah, mom, it's not a phase. It's a lifestyle. I
0: feel like it was like pop merging with goth.
1: That's fair. I mean, I'm more of the pop punk era than the emo era necessarily. Like, that's my genre. But I do. I'm like emo rising,
0: I guess. (laughs) Emo rising. Okay, now we're into like doing your astrological sign and shit (laughs) as your musical genre like preference
1: entirely what we're
0: doing (laughs) you're
1: correct i have a fucking nautical star tattoo i can claim emo
2: (laughs) and it looks like
1: shit you guys it's not a phase it's a lifestyle thank you for validating and dear listener he's fully talking about me when he's talking about people that couldn't get over it
2: i got my nose
1: pierced at 27 you guys (laughs) and not because of fear or anything because of angst so, today, because this is a Flash game, there is no easy path to play this anymore. Even through the Wayback Machine, which I did use to do most of the research, the game is not functional on the official website.
0: Oh, that's too bad.
1: There are literally two playthroughs that I found on YouTube, and neither make it to the end credits. damn. Girl.
0: <laughs> Talk about lost media though.
1: Yeah, so this I'm an archie I'm a digital archaeologist, okay? Yeah. I am doing some digital paleontology for <laughs> this dinosaur of a fucking game that someone out there must remember.
0: <laughs> doing our best to preserve it whatever way we possibly can.
1: Trying really hard. So with that in mind, I'm going off of memory, I'm going off of, you know, dug through social posts, I'm going through stills, obscure fucking message boards. Not Reddit. We're talking some live journal shit that I had to <laughs> dig through. Dark web. A lot of green text on black, if you know what I mean. Ooh. Yeah. I'm going through some interviews like the ones I have quoted that piece the game together. And while this work doesn't represent the scope that Jason Oda produces anymore, this does represent an incredible amount of elder emos in our culture and our people who remember virtually finger banging Mandy Moore.
0: I'm assuming that's part of the game, because otherwise, what the fuck did you just say?
1: It is part of the game. Okay. (laughs) Just trying to keep you on your toes, Normie. (laughs) There are four total emo game entries, two main games and two mini games. Emo Game 1 launched on October 5th, 2002. Emo Game 1.5 launched May 5th, 2003. Emo Game 2 launched October 8th, 2003. And Emo Game 2.5 launched on May 19th, 2004. Emo Game 3 was announced on December 5th, 2004, but was never released.
0: So we have another game where they didn't make it to number three.
1: <laughs> In classic Valve fashion,
0: <laughs>
1: Jason Oda dipped before we got to number three. Yes, entirely. And it was such a bummer because I remember playing all of these. Welcome
0: uh. to the pain of a Half Life fan. <laughs>
1: If you've played this, you've definitely felt some pain. (laughs) So as a preference, again, these are pieced together. We may be omitting some things. There may be some things that are fuzzy. There is not a lot of content out there for emo game. This took a lot of work to compile, so please bear with me.
0: And good luck disproving it, bitch.
1: I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Fucking tell me I'm lying, (laughs) ho. So these two major games and two mini games all came out within a two-year span. It was such an incredible time for emo that 2002 to 2004 era was magical. It was a warp tour era for me. It was uh, a lot of hoodies, a lot of shoplifting, a lot of pushing people in shopping carts, a, a lot, lot of, of h- eyeliner. Oh, honey, so much eyeliner. <laughs> <laughs> it was fucking. Great. I started smoking weed when these games started coming out. I started drinking when these games started coming out. Please don't do the math and figure out what <laughs> trash-ass kid I <Kenai laughs> was at the time. But man, these were, they were something special. So there's a lot of bands involved in this. None of them really gave their consent to be in these games.
0: I was going to ask, is this like a Def Jam Vendetta situation where they all signed up? Or is this a, you're in this game now and whether you like it or not.
1: Absolutely not. This was so fucking punk rock. He just said, fuck you, I'm talking shit. You're in this game now.
0: However, do you feel like it was like a badge of honor for these email bands to like when they make it into the game?
1: Absolutely, entirely. And there's one referenced band that does respond directly to Jason Oda about their involvement. Nice. So I do have a fun anecdote as we go through. It. So I'm going to get through Emo Game 1. That was the one that I was able to find some walkthroughs on. 1.5, I had to piece together. Emo Game 2, I had to piece together. And Emo Game 2.5, I found a port of that I was able to play.
0: Oh, damn. So you actually did get to play a little bit.
1: I did. Again. 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 For the first time in 20 years, because I'm fucking ancient.
0: <laughs> no, you're still young.
1: We're just volleying between whatever feeds my ego
2: the best.
0: <laughs> so
1: that being said, I will have a lot up at the front. I will fill in the gaps between 1 and 2.5, and I'll be able to walk through 2.5. I apologize again for the kind of discrepancy in how I'm able to cover these games, but I'm working with what I got, which is DIY as fuck. It's punk as fuck. Let's go.
0: All right, let's get into it.
1: Emo game one. The game opens on a venue with the Get Up Kids. Hot water music and at the drive-in on the marquee. It's a rainy emo day and everyone has a shoulder bag. Oh, do you remember shoulder bags? No. Normie. (laughs) It's 10 p.m. It's so rainy and it's almost time for the show to get started. The Get Up Kids take the stage and say, thanks for coming out. But suddenly the lights cut out. There's a flash of light. And the Get Up Kids are gone and they're kidnapped.
0: The whole band? Yes. I imagined that the, the Get Up Kids were a band. Sorry.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my. God. You don't know who the Get Up Kids
0: I've are? I've never heard that name before.
1: Wow. I'm
0: such a normie.
1: Such a normie.
0: I'm taking it back, everybody.
1: <laughs> yeah, own it, man. I'm
0: reclaiming the term normie now. Yeah,
1: reclaim it. Wear like a badge of sadness. <laughs> Chuck Reagan from Hot Water Music and. Kedrick Bixler from At The Drive-In are like, holy shit, we need to finish this tour. We have to save the get-up kids. No what? One, no one's breaking their neck on the plot here.
0: <laughs> we have to get up and save the get-up kids.
1: Exactly. Should have made that joke, but they didn't. <laughs> so the band is being held captive, and it turns out Stephen Tyler, that motherfucker of Aerosmith, is um, non-consensually assaulting some of the band members.
0: Oh, goodness. Okay, so, not a motherfucker, but a band fucker.
1: The year was 2002.
0: <laughs> just a reminder, everybody. <laughs> and
1: I'm not going to get into the graphics, because I already gave a trigger warning, but uh, it's graphic as hell, guys. You see everything, and there's just pixels on pixels, and you're like, oh my god, no wonder this got taken off the internet.
0: Wow, goodness. Like, I'm picturing the basement scene in Pulp Fiction, essentially. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. But Steven Tyler.
1: But it's Steven Tyler. With just like a bunch of emo looking Seth Cohen looking ass. With a
0: hole in his soul.
1: Slowly, the team of emo heroes have to assemble to save the getup kids. Chris Caraba from Dashboard Confessional. I have heard of that one. Okay. How could you not? Yeah. They went really mainstream. Chris Simpson from Mineral. Nope. Mineral is one of Jason Oda's favorite emo bands.
0: Oh, okay. That's how he made it in then.
1: Yeah. They leave their job at Starbucks to help.
0: Working at Starbucks and running a successful band, I do love that concept.
1: Saddle Records employs Connor Oberst from Bright Eyes.
0: Okay, I've heard Bright Eyes. I've
1: seen Bright Eyes live. I saw nice. them in like 2002, 2003. Connor Oberst has the voice of an angel. Okay. He was so drunk. <laughs> it was amazing. Tim Casher from Cursive.
0: Don't know that one. Ugh.
1: Under the guise of getting them free vodka, which again works because the one time I saw Connor Oberst, he was shithoused out of
0: his mind. Sorry, is under the guise of getting them free vodka the name of a band?
1: No, that was the thing I just said. Oh, okay. (laughs) They work for Saddle Records. That's the label that they were on at the time. But
0: hey, like, how great of that.
1: Under the guise of getting free vodka?
0: Yeah, that's a pretty good band name.
1: That sounds like an album. Or
0: an album name, you're right.
1: Yeah, I'd put that as an album, not a
0: headline
1: (laughs) Adam from Adam and his package?
0: Definitely not.
1: Oh, he's fine. He's doing surgery <laughs> and they stop him mid-surgery to to help save the getup kids. Oh,
0: I thought you meant like now, like he's currently a doctor and he does surgery and shit like that. No, you're you're back in the game. Okay. He
1: might be. I don't know his life. But yeah, in the game he is doing performing brain surgery and he gets a call to help save the getup kids. Okay. The squad assembles backstage from that show and they're like this is so bad.
0: (laughs) So they're like the detective emo squad.
1: Yeah. They say, this is worse than opening for Saves the Day.
0: <laughs>
1: I'm glad you laughed. That genuinely is a very good emo joke. Okay, good. They say this is worse than unwritten law. That one I don't Okay, know. that one is pretty funny. Unwritten law is trash. <laughs> Chris Caraba starts crying about his girlfriend, and everyone turns and says, Shut up, Chris. I
0: mean that's pretty emo of him.
1: Yeah. Okay, so you know who Dashboard Confessional is, which means they're very mainstream. They were on the Spider-Man 2 soundtrack, the Sam Raimi one. Okay. They The biggest hit was, oh God, Screaming Infidelities. Do you know that song?
0: I would have to hear a few bars.
1: It is what people bring up when they want to make fun of emo people. Okay then. I'm trying to not sing it because I can't not sing it in my head as a recovering or current emo. The chorus is, your hair is everywhere. Screaming infidelities are taking their wear. Like, it's so bad. But it's kind of so bad. It's good. It's a guilty pleasure. But at the time, it was just guilty Little of being trash.
2: Okay. Yeah.
1: Chris is the punching bag for the entire game, which very much fits his space in the musical scene. Okay. Steven Tyler gets a hold of them. And he's like, I've kidnapped the getup kids to." Touch them and do stuff to them. He says, YOW! A bunch, And he's like, You guys can't even try to save them. The Get Up kids are like, Please help us. This is terrible. And the emo squad of heroes is like, We're gonna kick Steven Tyler's ass now. <laughs> and then we'll save the Get Up kids. But really the priority fully shifted from Let's go save our friends to Honestly, fuck Steven Tyler. Let's go kick his ass.
0: I mean, fair. Yeah. He did write a song for his daughter to have sex to in a movie once.
1: Yeah, let's go kick Steven Tyler's yeah. ass.
0: <laughs> Chris
1: Carraba's like, yeah, I'm going to kick his ass. And everyone's like, shut up, Chris.
0: <laughs> like, no, they won't.
1: They decide that they need to find Jeremy from Sunny Day Real Estate to help them find Steven Tyler.
0: Okay, again, I'm sorry. Is Sunny Day Real Estate a band or is there a real estate company in this game?
1: Sunny Day Real Estate is a band. Okay. They are iconic. They are, they've are they been around for a long time. They've laid down a lot of roots for the current alternative scene and obviously the alternative scene at the time. Okay. I appreciate you being like, are you just saying shit or is this an actual band? I didn't know how deep your knowledge went, but differentiating between turns of phrase and actual emo shit is very funny to me.
0: I would say I would drown in about ankle deep of knowledge in this. So. Okay. Okay.
1: And I'm like, deep end, bitch, let's go.
0: Yeah, I could splash around in a puddle.
1: Yeah. They're like, all right, let's get Jeremy from Sunny Day Real Estate, the band, and he'll help us find Steven Tyler so we can kick Steven Tyler's ass. They're like, all right, cool. Jeremy's down the street, and it's only about a two-minute drive. But then they have this meta moment where they're like, or we could walk there because it would make for a better game.
0: I was just about to ask, what is the gameplay of this game?
1: We are... Almost there.
0: (laughs) Okay, so this is still just like a cutscene?
1: Yeah, this is all a cutscene you click through. Got it. So the gameplay actually starts like right now, so you had perfect timing.
0: So when you say you click through, would you say this section is almost like Disco Elysium in that sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
1: you you don't get to pick anything that you say. All right. You are just clicking and following the slides. Got it. But yeah, it's very text heavy, and you're kind of vibing through shit. Got it. And this game will never be compared to Disco Elysium, Ever again.
0: Okay. <laughs> so congrats on
1: being the first person to have that thought.
0: Alright, cool.
2: It's
1: always a fun thing. <laughs> so, like we said, there's you know, seven band members from different bands that kind of make up this all-star mix of emo frontmen for the most part, and you get to pick one band member of its a time to play with, and it's a side scroller, so you can jump and you can shoot and you can dodge. That's basically it. There's no melee. It's just kind of shooting something out of your chest, basically. Don't think too hard about it. It's 2002. Yeah. But it is very side-scroller. Each band member has a special ultimate move. now.
0: Like Overwatch? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, the more things you hit, you can build up your power, and then you can drop an ult, which is kind of cool. They, for the most part, just clear the screen of enemies. Oh, okay. You're going to get enemies that kind of walk towards you, and you shoot them, and they disappear, like... Very classic side scroller stuff. I was gonna say
0: side scroller shooter kind of shit
1: entirely. Yeah. yeah, you've Contra. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Everyone here is, for the most part, played something like this. Okay. 2002 guys.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Keep reminding.
1: Yeah. So these are really funny. A lot of their ults have something to do with their persona, their band, their album names, big songs they've done. Chris Caraba's alt is Mega Ovaries
0: mega ovaries what is that
1: that's just the game calling him a giant fucking girl
0: oh okay that's (laughs) right
1: there's also some gentle misogyny (laughs) and toxic masculinity in the in the sense of men can't have feelings and if they do they have ovaries right which problematic but we'll roll with it
0: also they're all emo that's the whole point isn't emo stand for emotional punk Yes, you're 100% right there. And they're making fun of them for being exactly what they are.
1: Yeah, but it was Chris Caraba,
0: <laughs> who's just
1: such an easy target.
0: And they form the Just Uh League.
1: I liked that.
0: <laughs>
1: I didn't think you'd make any good jokes. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I mean, I have faith in you, but not in the genre.
2: <laughs>
1: Connor Oberst is Fevers and Mirrors. Chris Simpsons is The Driving Snow. Tim Kasher is Burst and Bloom. Adams is the metric system. Chuck Reagan's is "Prepare Yourself."
0: Cedric- metric system. I'm sorry. So I
1: think he's like British or something. Yeah, he's European.
0: Yeah.
1: Cedric Bixler's is one-armed scissor. If you get it, you get it. I don't. I'm not going to take the time to one-armed explain all of those. One-armed scissor. <laughs> Once you hit the ground in town, you immediately run into Dave Matthews, who sucks.
0: Of the Dave Matthews Band. Yes. My sister was a huge, is, I I say was, she still is, a huge Dave Matthews band fan. Like, I can tell you, the women of that era that love Dave, love Dave Matthews.
1: And that's fucking weird. He looks like any dude at a PTA meeting.
0: The most boring looking human being humanly possible. Truly. And not good music. His music's perverted as shit.
1: And it's boring as hell. Again, I'm an emo kid.
2: Dave is trash. (laughs)
0: Fuck that. You want to talk fucking lyrics that you were talking about before? I mean, there's the one where it's he's literally looking through a girl's window watching her get naked. And it's one of his most popular songs.
1: Is it from the Porky soundtrack? What the (laughs) fuck
0: is that? Nope. Crash into me. His most famous song.
1: Is him being a fucking peeping Dave? Yep gross so dave has a bunch of trash-ass yuppies in white t-shirts who drop the f-word and i don't mean fuck i mean the 2002 f-word to fight the emos which i think is also a commentary on dave matthews fans
0: definitely but also
1: of the era they drive a (laughs) jeep and you have to shoot the jeep to kill the yuppies and it is very satisfying to kill dave matthews fans
0: i would imagine so
1: You make it through town to a high school and start killing jocks who are dressed as football players.
0: Of course it's the jocks.
1: And then you can take an emo aptitude test, which is just a test on emo stuff, and it gives you a little health booster.
0: To be fair, running through a high school killing the jocks in 2002 does not sound great.
1: Oh, you're
0: right. But.
1: Or now. It Ever.
0: I mean, it never did, yeah, but 2002 well. especially.
1: Oh, God. Jesus. Uh, so that's probably covered in the content warning.
0: <laughs> Remember, this game got deleted.
1: Yeah. Exists on the internet anymore guys i I tried to warn you i'm sorry (laughs) in all fairness it is not a gun it's like a magical beam that comes out of you in pellets oh
0: thank god it's so different
1: the imagery isn't as graphic as what i'm trying to say but (laughs) i do not need to defend this game at all i will defend the (laughs) genre if you are a say anything fan in defense of the genre wink wink but i am not necessarily defending the content of the game fair While at the high school, you run into Newfound Glory, who I've seen six times.
0: I have heard of them because of you. (laughs)
1: Because I've seen them six times. (laughs) The first time was in 2002. Who are hitting on a high school girl and doing a pop punk pogo on pogo sticks, and you have to kill them now.
0: Well, yeah, they're on pogo sticks. What the fuck are they doing on pogo sticks?
1: Have you heard of the pop punk pogo?
0: Of course not. Wait, this is a thing?
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, this is a thing it's emo cardio at pop punk shows instead of like dancing if you're not in a pit essentially the dancing when you're in a crowded group is just to jump up and down and it's called the pop punk pogo because they have a very similar cadence for every song so you're just kind of jumping straight up and down
0: so it's like a coward's version of a mosh pit a
1: coward's mosh pit yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Okay. It's it's that with your arms down it's and a you delicate
0: you, mosh pit. <laughs>
1: and you stay in your specific square <laughs> and you try not to touch anyone. Do you remember me at that say anything show you took me to? It's the social anxiety mosh pit, everybody. Thank you. That is that is emo culture, honey. That is what we built this country
0: on. Oh my god. Okay, so the, the uh the pogo pop pop, what is it called? <laughs> the pogo pop hop.
1: The pop punk.
0: Pogo. Pogo, yeah, that's so much better.
1: <laughs> I didn't think this part would be funny, and now I'm really upset. <laughs> but yeah, remember when you took me to the Say Anything show, yeah. and you-, you were holding my hand while I was just jumping straight up just and down? Bouncing
0: like you're on a little trampoline. It
1: was the pop. Pogo
0: Tom. <laughs> that was a whole ass dance move.
1: My Fitbit said I jumped for like four miles straight that night.
0: God, thank God TikTok wasn't around back then because that what? dance craze would have just been so boring to watch. Just literally people <laughs> bouncing up and down. <laughs> <laughs> You want to do this dance challenge with me? We're going to jump.
2: For three minutes
1: straight to all the small things. Fuck you. Yeah, it's fucking perfect. Yeah, so because New Found Glory is, they're a wonderful pop punk band. Again, I love New Found Glory from fucking, not even Sticks and Stones. Like, album they did before they got on drive Through. It'll never snow in Florida. Yeah, that's how fucking deep down the rabbit hole I go. Until now. It, they're a great band. Yes, all their songs sound the same, but you know what? I like recycling, and they recycle a bunch of shit. Mostly their (laughs) music. It's fine. I am a big NFG stan, so this was a little difficult for me. But yeah, they're doing the pop-punk bogo on pogo sticks, so it's a lot of jumping and trying to hit them while they fly across the screen. And after you kill Newfound Glory, you go back outside into the mall, which is obviously just a hot topic. And you fight teenage girls who are employed by Weezer who try to kill you.
0: Weezer runs the local Hot Topic?
1: Yes. <laughs> the Hot Topic has like fat pants and punkerific t shirts, which I guess just of the era they had a lot of baggy pants and shirts that said dumb shit like punk on them.
0: Oh my god, were they wearing Jinkos?
1: Probably. Oh, That's your era. I
0: hope they were wearing Jinkos.
1: You know the Jinko world. Oh, I do. Now, I want to pause here before we get into the hot topics section and bring up a story that Jason Oda talked about in exactly one interview about the funniest thing to happen to him after Emo Game came out. He had this to say. He was backstage with Further Seems Forever, which is a band who asked him to design their website after seeing Emo Game for some reason. When he ran into Chad from Newfound Glory who was touring with them. Just like in the game, he was hitting on a girl who looked like she was in high school.
0: (laughs) Probably was.
1: Someone told Chad from Newfound Glory that Jason was there and he was the guy that made Emo Game. Jason expected to get told off because obviously the first game, one of the biggest battles you first encounter, is murdering Newfound Glory after they come off as pedophiles. Right. But of course, Chad from Newfound Glory showed him nothing but kindness and positivity (laughs) and said, I love emo game. It's awesome. I love to kill me and all my bandmates in that game. You are the man.
0: It might be actually like really cathartic for a band to like be able to kill each other. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Cyrus. Yeah. Just like all that pent up aggression from living in a fucking bus together. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so just as a fun thing, you know, it did immediately come back around. Jason was faced with someone he digitally massacred countless times and was like, hey, man, that was sick. He was like, like, hey, thanks. Oh. Yeah. It's, it's kind of an honor. It's an honor just to be skewered, Right.
0: Right. It's like uh, being a musician and having Weird Al skewer your music.
1: Yeah, but with murder.
0: (laughs) Just skewering you instead.
1: Yeah, just literally skewering you. (laughs) So after you get through the hot topic, you run into the anniversary, which is a band. Oh, (laughs) I'm going to start dropping that in there for you.
0: I thought we were running into another store.
1: (laughs) You're like, was that in the mall near Anchor Blue? (laughs) And they are in a neighboring building and they just drop bombs on you from above. So they're lobbing bombs in the mall. They're outside on the street, just outside the mall. Oh, got it. And now you get into the Salvation Army where Creed, the band, is just taking up space.
0: I thought from the office.
1: Really? You hear Creed and you jump to Braxton from the office and not the band. Yeah. Good for you. I wish I had that. Before you get into fighting them, Scott Stapp, who's the front man from Creed, asks right. you if you think it's cool to be a Christian.
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness. Is, is that like their thing?
1: Yeah, they're a Jesus band. Oh, were
0: they? I don't
1: know. If you reply yes, he goes on about how Creed is totally a Christian band. If you reply no, he denies that Creed is Christian, claiming that With Arms Wide Open, their first big song.
2: I was
0: just going to say, are they the With Arms Wide Open? Yeah, he'll tell
1: you that song's about a stripper. (laughs) (laughs) He just wants you to like him. After you have that interaction with Creed... The band Creed gets into a helicopter made out of shit and you fight in the Salvation Army, <laughs> which is a little boss battle where you have to shoot a helicopter that's made out of pure shit.
0: Helicopter.
1: Helicraptor. Thank you. After fighting them, you meet up with Jeremy Agnick of Day Real Estate, who lives on a cloud and takes you to a heaven dimension. Chris Carrabba sucks and keeps crying, so everyone keeps telling him to shut up.
0: <laughs> There's always that one guy.
1: Yeah, Jeremy says that before he can take you to Steven Tyler, he will need you to do a favor for him. He says that all emo boys are born with ovaries that maintain a balance in the forces, which keep emo not entirely underground and not entirely commercial.
0: Ew. Like, all of that is just the biggest ew you could possibly put into a fucking sentence.
1: It does give Big ick. Yeah. He says that when emo bands get too big, their ovaries secrete special chemicals that either drive the band to break up or make them tone deaf, and their new music ends up sucking.
0: You somehow managed to make a worst sentence after that one.
1: There's so much more after this. I'm so (laughs)
0: sorry.
1: I know there's not a lot of bio shots, but this might force us both to start drinking.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: He says that there is one emo band that has been growing in popularity and removed their ovaries, keeping them from breaking up or making bad music. And therefore the balance of emo is off and the forces are crumbling. He needs your help to rebalance the world of emo by killing them. This is fucking crazy. Jeremy drops you off at the MTV offices. So now we're in, like, some serious shit. Okay. Outside are TRL girls with signs you have to kill, and 98 Degrees tries to fight you, and they try to Karate Fury kill you.
0: 98 Degrees. The All year right. Was,
1: the year was 2002. Oh,
0: I believe that, because <laughs> do you want to hear a story about 98 Degrees?
1: Oh, my God, yes.
0: Like, my very first job was as a janitor at a sports arena. And I worked backstage at a 98 Degrees concert one time. Oh. And I will tell you, the fandom of an early thousands boy band was just absolute insanity.
1: Like K-pop stands now.
0: As I said, I was a fucking janitor. I wore a little blue vest. I had a dustpan and like a broom. I had so many girls offer to have sex with me to get a second blue fucking vest just so they could come backstage with me.
1: Oh my God. Like at 15?
0: At 15. Constant. Did you do it? No, I never did because I was... You were at work. I was at work.
1: (laughs) For the first thing, you were at work and secondly, a minor. Yeah. (laughs) Or vice versa. Child
0: still, honestly. I was a 15-year-old. I don't want to talk about my childhood. Um, That's fine. (laughs) But 98 Degrees, yeah. Totally went backstage for that one. So I've been to a 98 Degrees concert before. Just I was getting paid to be there.
1: That's crazy.
0: Anyway. Holy shit. See, I just needed my chance to tell a concert story, and mine's awful.
1: (laughs) You wanted to participate?
0: I did. (laughs)
1: Anyway, Chris Caraba murders 98
0: Degrees. (laughs) And I do murder you.
1: Is that a 98 Degrees song? That was, yeah. Oh, see, I don't get that.
2: (laughs) That went over
0: my head.
1: We're even. So after you kill all of them, there's a bunch of corporate zoots and zombies that you have to kill, which is, I get it. You're not being light-handed with that. No. You interrupt a live episode of MTV News, which I'm 90% sure doesn't even exist anymore.
0: With Kurt Loader? Yeah!
1: (laughs) (laughs) Who's like in his 70s and still looks very handsome, by the way. Like he's taking care of himself. You can also find a mini game where you run into Mandy Moore and you finger bang her to get a booster.
0: Okay, so this is what you were talking about earlier. Cool, 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 cool.
1: (laughs) Do you feel better knowing that, that it's a minigame to finger bang her?
0: It's a way less interesting story than the one that I created in my head over the last hour, but that's oh, fine.
1: I'm sorry. <laughs> but you're like, hey, we have to go save Emo. I can't just hang out and finger bang you, Mandy more.
0: <laughs> sorry, Mandy.
1: You make your way through the studio area and you run into Courtney Love, who turns into Jabba the Hutt and tries to kill you.
0: Like literal Jabba the Hutt?
1: Literally Jabba the Hutt. Oh, that's great. And at one point, you can lie to her and tell her you're the ghost of Kurt Cobain. But That's
0: so mean.
1: Because <laughs> you come into her dressing room accidentally, and she's like, hey, who are you? And you can be like, oh, I'm the ghost of Kurt Cobain.
0: And and we're dealing with a Courtney love that the producer of the game is assuming she's a murderer. IRL. I,
1: I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> After that, we run into Fred Durst, who's busy trying to, how do I say this? Get the nookie? That's excellent. I had partake in animal husbandry. Oh, okay. With a donkey.
0: (laughs) Oh, some donkey nookie. All right.
1: He just wants to um, connect with this donkey in peace. So he fights you for interrupting while he's in the act of fucking the donkey.
0: (laughs) So he's literally
1: humping a donkey and then like jumping and fighting you.
0: Interspecies erotica, fucko.
1: This game is insane,
0: (laughs) and that's the first time I think you've said that on this show.
1: Look at us breaking ground, doing our first Flash game, and ruining the streak of not having people fuck animals. (laughs) Awesome.
0: Well, we had three games of the animals not getting fucked, so. (laughs) Fuck.
1: (laughs) All right. You make it to the TRL studio, where Jimmy Eat World is there.
0: I have heard of them.
1: And they're being interviewed by Carson Daly. Now, I've seen Jimmy Eat World. I met them. I hung out backstage with them once in San Diego. NBD. NBD. It was pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. They were genuinely the nicest people. Them and AFI are some of the kindest people I've spent time with.
0: That's really cool. It's always good when they're good people.
1: Yeah, they're not in this game, though. (laughs) This is the band that had their ovaries removed because of how well Bleed American was doing. You accuse them of killing punk, and they get in their gold spaceship that's made out of money (laughs) to
2: fight you.
1: But they also kind of acknowledge that, yeah, they got too much recognition for The Middle, that song, That the only song anyone knows, which kind of sucks. You kill them, and Jeremy from Sunny Day Real Estate comes back down on a cloud and says, the balance of emo has been restored. He then takes you to a dungeon. In this dungeon, you have to fight some weird twins in a cobra arena, and there's a Triforce that you have to put together now, like Zelda. Their names are Tomax and Zamot. Oh, I don't
0: know who they are. I
1: I didn't. I couldn't figure it out. I yeah. tried. I got a lot of data for this
2: game, guys.
0: Please
1: <laughs> bear with me of the parts that I omit. There's an area where you can play Name That Emo Tune to get health power-ups, which was so goddamn fun for me as a kid. I was very good at it.
0: <laughs> is it like a quiz game?
1: Yeah, they literally just play 10 seconds of an emo song, and you pick from a multiple choice quiz what song it is, and... You get a health power up if you uh, get them all right.
0: So were they using the real music for each of these bands?
1: Yes, but it was a very short clip, which I think is how they got around being copyrighted. They, Jason, there's one person that put this together.
0: <laughs> but I mean, also, 2002, nobody was trying to shut that down.
1: That's true. This was a heyday of LimeWire and shit like that.
0: Yeah, they were fighting Napster. They weren't going after little Flash games at this point. I'm sure that's yeah. also why you had such a hard time finding any playthroughs of this game.
1: That's true, because they also do use real emo music in the fight sequences. Like, there's a very specific song that they use in all boss battles where it goes, let's get it on! And it's just a real song. Like, <laughs> yeah, Copyright Strikes probably made this very difficult just to stream and shit. Yeah. Totally. So if you get these all right, Pete from Pete and Pete and Yoda move on <laughs> with you, and you get to have presence with Steven Tyler.
0: Sorry, Big Pete or Little Pete?
1: I couldn't really tell because oh, they're pixelated.
0: <laughs> <laughs> let's just say Little Pete because he's the cooler of the two.
1: Okay. I genuinely was like, it just says I'm Pete from Pete and Pete. <laughs> I don't know which one is which.
0: That's so good. Well, the little one played Jimmy in Grand Theft Auto 5 so Let's say it's <gasps>
1: him. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that everyone just assumed it was Jonah Hill,
2: because
1: <laughs> it kind of looked like Jonah Hill and has some of the intonation that we know from Jonah Hill, but they right. like, no, it's just a whole-ass wonderful actor. So you shoot your way through the dungeon, you grab the three pieces of the Triforce, and then you're given presents with Steven Tyler, which is a real sentence I just said. <laughs> but wait, before you can meet Steven Tyler, you have to kill the Xenomorph Queen.
0: From Alien. Yeah. And Aliens. I'm sorry, I feel like we missed the part where all these other franchises are <laughs> coming into the picture, because you mentioned fucking Yoda a second ago, and we just kind of glanced past that.
1: I know, bitch, I know. <laughs> this game is a fucking wild ride.
0: I just feel like he took a handful of fuck it, threw it against the wall, and saw what stuck. The year was 2002.
1: <laughs> and on 100 fucking percent. That's exactly what happened. Okay. This game's insane. So you kill the Xenomorph Queen to speak to Steven Tyler so you can finally rescue the getup kids.
0: Oh, right. The getup kids are still kidnapped.
1: (laughs) But the Xenomorph Queen is dead, so that's great.
0: Arguably being sex trafficked by Steven Tyler.
1: No one's arguing against that.
0: (laughs) We all saw that
1: very graphically. This is actually the last part that I got in visual walkthroughs, unfortunately. So from here... I am piecing together weird stills from live journals and Zangas. Guys, Zangas are an old form of blogging. <laughs> so are live journals. I'm aware now that this is a very specific era and I'm dating myself. Oh, God. She had to
0: sign into her old Vampire Freaks account. It was wild. I
1: would never have had a Vampire <laughs>
0: Freaks account. Don't you dare put that on me.
1: I stopped following MCR when they dropped Black Parade.
2: <laughs> wasn't my jam.
1: I didn't lean to goth. No. I, that wasn't the vampire world wasn't for me. Yeah, It's mm. I'm I'm not pale enough to pull it off. OK, I, I have a nice beige base coat. I, I can't pull off the pale princess thing. More power to you if you can. It's just, you know, I'm, I'm half Filipino. There's a lot of brown. The vampire aesthetic isn't ideal. <laughs> Doesn't work, but it's OK. <laughs> I respect it. I'm just not a vampire freak. So I couldn't find the visual video parts of this, but I will paraphrase what happens. (laughs) So after you fight him and save the get up kids, Chris Caraba starts skull fucking the head of Steven Tyler and then marries the dismembered head.
0: He marries the head? Yes. Of Steven Tyler? Yes.
1: I can't imagine why I couldn't find footage of this online.
0: (laughs) That's even more bizarre than you could have possibly made it.
1: That's the end of Emo Game 1 and probably the beginning of why I needed therapy.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: now, Emo Game 1.5, this is a mini game. Okay. So this is called The Alkaline Trio versus Hell. Do you know who Alkaline Trio is? I've heard that name. Alkaline Trio, fucking amazing. Okay. Matt Skibba from Alkaline Trio actually took over Tom DeLonge's place in Blink-182. I saw him play with Blink-182. The one time I've seen Blink was with Matt Skibba, which is kind of cool. because Tom DeLonge is a...
0: He went off the deep end,
1: he did. He's really into aliens, and apparently it's made him a little crotchety. like i I can't I don't know him. I'm not going to speak on him behalf, right. but there's been some reports that there's been some rough times with him and Travis and uh Mark. So Matt Skibb is in there. Matt Skibb is a cool dude. He was really nice. I met Blink 182, same show that I saw. They met all these bands at. It sounds like I'm really cool. It was one event. But <laughs> when we met Blink 182, they did not come over and hang out with us. They sent their assistant to come over and like grab gifts from our gift booth and like oh. thank us and talk to us. And they came back. But they might have just been having family dinner and like threw someone to go grab their shit or something. But all the other bands came out and like, like I said, fucking Jimmy World like spent time with me and like talked to me and stuff. They were really sweet. AFI were really cool. We talked about the Bay. Was, uh, they're they're a San Francisco kind of East Bay based band. I'm an East Bay based person. Super great. But yeah, Blink might be a little big for uh, some stuff. Anyway, it happens. Alkaline Trio, wonderful band. Okay, Seminole, good. Seminal still can fucking get it. Absolutely great. This one again, no footage, but piecing together a story. Iconic band, Alkaline Trio, is trying to fuck rose mcgowan after a night of drinking and they all get hit by a car
0: so like the entire band was trying to have sex with her like each individual one like whoever gets her wins or just the band as a group
1: there's three of them i think that's a reasonable number to kind of juggle between those options okay they end up in heaven they talk to god who is bob saget and are like dude rose mcgowan she was so hot we were trying to fuck her and god bob saget is like I'll let you have a second chance of life if you go down to hell and kill Satan for me. And they're like, yeah, we're down. (laughs) So down in hell, they have to fight Hitler. They have to fight The Used. The Used is a band. The Used, yeah. Okay. Who I saw play with My Chemical Romance. I'm 90% sure I saw them on Warped Tour one year. Okay. And worst of all, they have to fight Kelly Osbourne.
0: But worst of all was another band.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, valid okay,
0: sorry <laughs> worst of all kelly osborne
1: very very valid aussie
0: osborne's daughter yeah okay
1: they must also fight satan who is skeletor skeletor just straight up skeletor
0: i mean when you were saying bob Saget was god i was really expecting it to be like uh, uncle joey uncle joey or something <laughs> like that yeah
1: one of the olsen twins yeah
0: somebody from full house
1: nope just skeletor <laughs>
0: okay <laughs> it's, it's
1: great you say that because the next line i have is this is a licensing nightmare <laughs>
0: this is a regular ready player one situation we're going into
1: yeah so there's also a mini game about how you can finger bang mandy Moore in this
0: one again yeah okay so it's a trope yeah she gets around
1: yeah it happens all right so that's 1.5 now we're gonna get into two again two i did not have footage of so this is (laughs) we are piecing things together I also want to note, though, that Emo Game 2 was about five months of work for Jason Otis, so he's really just jamming these motherfuckers out now. He
0: really is like Scott Cawthon in that sense. Yeah, huh? just
1: being like, fuck it, let's release things, let's go.
0: Let's just keep releasing these games. All right. Now, you don't have any footage, but spoiler alert, does Mandy Moore get finger banged?
1: It's a spoiler, Tom.
0: <laughs> if it's a trope.
1: I mean, there's always going to be finger banging, okay? Okay, that's
0: fair. <laughs> Whether well, it's Mandy Moore or not. That's can, yet to be seen. I
1: can neither confirm nor deny because there were no videos of this one.
0: <laughs> Fair.
1: This one is a lot of people's favorite entry in the emo game franchise, though. Okay. The game opens with heartthrob Enrique Iglesias, who, by the way, is married to Anna Kornikova, mm-hmm. the tennis player that the was in player, all his music yeah. videos. I love that they're still together. They have, like, three kids and shit. Oh,
0: that's wonderful. Yeah. She was beautiful. Still is. Yeah.
1: They are both. Still so beautiful. Their kids look so happy. They are a gorgeous family. Anyway, he's announcing that he's kidnapped the band Saves the Day. (laughs) Exactly like how Steven Tyler kidnapped the Get Up Kids. We're just doing this again. Okay. So Jeff Rickley from Thursday and Matt Skiva, my homie, from Alkaline Trio, are saying that shit's boring and they change the channel so they just
2: (laughs) give up. But...
1: It's such a good moment of a fake-out implying that it's going to be the exact same plot from Emo Game 1 before they dive into what Emo Game 2 is about, which I really appreciate.
0: Instead of like a second verse, same as the first, it's going to be like, no, we're going to change the second verse.
1: Yeah, (laughs) they're like, fuck you, this is our sophomore attempt, bitch. Pretty smart. Yeah, I like it. Emo Game 2 does basically have the cast of friends... So all six of those actors working with MTV, trying to turn the audiences of their show into yuppie zombies via mind control.
0: I mean, that's what they were doing anyway.
1: It's the plot of Josie and the Pussycats. Also.
0: <laughs> that's true.
1: Which is a perfect movie.
0: That is an underrated classic movie, Josie and the Pussycats.
1: Unpopular opinion. And I say this as an MCU fan. One of my favorite comic book movies. Fight me.
0: Honestly, you're not wrong. That is one of the strongest comic book movies ever put out.
1: It is everyone at their best. Yeah. Like, no one phoned it in. Fucking Alan Cumming is an angel. Parker
0: Posey is incredible in that movie. Everybody (sighs) knocks it out of the park in that movie, honestly. And it was so fucking ahead of its time. It, like, was. It, it was, it truly was. So ahead of its time that it was talking about things that it was giving warning of what was to come really, more so than anything, which is what made it so ahead of its time because it was mm-hmm. so fucking accurate.
1: Totally. And we haven't gotten anything that really captures that magic again, which no. makes me sad. But Oh, that reminds me, just throwing it out there, I need to find the record on vinyl cuz so I feel like that would be really
0: cool. That would be pretty dope. We
1: have uh, we only have vinyl albums that are either signed by the artist or like Soundtracks Or comedy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, we do have a couple <laughs> comedy records, but I think that would be a cool one to find. That
0: would be a good one, choosing and the Pussycats.
1: Yeah. Genuinely, that album still slaps, and I have it on my phone at all times.
0: Also of this same era, so yeah. appropriate.
1: So the cast of Friends put out a music video to hypnotize viewers, and Tim Kasher of Cursive, who was in the first game, gets hypnotized and turns into a boring basic man who decides he wants to suck corporate cock and just be a beige man
0: a normie wait that was me
1: oh no wait he works for clear channel and he loves wearing the gap and watching 90210
0: fucking clear channel so now he's making fun of like top 40 radio yeah and (laughs) and to a
1: degree censorship and filtering media okay and it's up to the emo gang to save the world by going to the mtv music awards and murdering all the celebrities they can in honor of tim and to save the world
0: I love that they're all massacres are always the plan. <laughs>
1: That's their first jump is like, how about we go somewhere and kill everyone?
0: Right. <laughs> you guys couldn't pick
1: up the fucking phone? <laughs> Come on.
0: Fuck the mainstream so much.
1: Yeah. So Emo Game 2 starts off with Jeff Brickley from Thursday and Matt Skiba from Alkaline Trio, like we said. Connor Oberst from Bright Eyes comes back. Travis Shuttle from Piebald. Which is a band. Brett Detar from The Juliana Theory, which is a band. And in this one, you can actually pick up playable characters throughout the game. Some of my favorites are Adam Lazar from Taking Back Sunday. I was listening to Taking Back Sunday all weekend. That shit still goes so <laughs> hard. Hulk Hogan and R2D2.
0: Hulk Hogan and R2D2. See, again, we are doing like this whole like oh yeah all the emo bands it's a great like little MCU situation going on but we're also gonna bring in these licensed characters that have nothing to fucking do with emo music. Yes. Yes.
1: Hulk Hogan, uh, just to push it out there, is a secret character you can unlock in a very specific part of the game. Some of these are just after you get to this point they'll join your party.
0: He's more like a summons. <laughs>
1: Okay, so there's this quiz <laughs> on the adventures of Pete and Pete. And if you get all the questions right, the creator, Jason Oda, shows up and he's like, I'm going to suck your dick. And he says he puts so many homophobic jokes in the game that it's only fair and he deserves to suck your dick. So I guess that's being knowing. I promise there's a point to this.
0: Anyway, okay.
1: this unlocks Hulk Hogan as a new character for you.
0: I mean, it's a really good way to apologize for all the homophobia in the game, I guess. Is to
1: give you the Hulkster?
0: No, to also have to, like, do the thing that you're making fun of.
1: Yeah, and it is, like, his face. Like, he's like, that is me. And he said that the butt stuff and the wiener jokes help make the game feel less corny and bubblegum flavored. And that he actually puts out an apology to be like, I am so sorry, I apologize for the homophobia. That was not my intent. My intent was shock humor and not to offend or disparage anyone's preferences.
0: Well, I mean, good for him in the end.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, after, you get the, after you get the creator of the game to suck on your genitals, <laughs> you get to play with Hulk <laughs> Jesus fuck it's not even that late and I feel like my brain is completely fried (laughs) (laughs) let's just keep going the only way through is up so you do increasingly insane shit like cause the downfall of the Gene Simmons shopping network You get trapped inside of Anna Nicole Smith, like that South Park moment where you're. Oh, goodness. Yeah. And then you fight Jabba the Hutt. (laughs) Again? Again.
0: Is it Courtney Love again?
1: No, it's just Jabba.
0: Now it's just (laughs) just Jabba?
1: (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm trying not to take it to heart too much, but this game is (laughs) fucking insane. And why was I playing this as a child? (laughs) No wonder my parents were like, we do not want to bond with you. (laughs) You're a fucking weirdo. So after the massacre, you have to take the emo gang and kill the concept of the mall. Just the concept. The idea of
0: malls. Yeah,
1: because celebrities only kind of made things better after you murdered them. But the real enemy is consumerism. The
0: Westerfield family.
1: Yeah. (laughs) You go to an Abercrombie and Fitch to fight John Mayer. John Mayer? Who's flying in a plane powered by douches, which feels pretty on point for him, actually. That's fair. Why is this happening? This game could never exist now. It would, No. It would be fully like, that is some 4chan, like, deep, dark internet shit that people are like, oh my god, are you okay? But this, this, this was just promoted by the New York Times at the era.
0: This really is like your generation's version of Def Jam Vendetta, like, entirely. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that is
1: so depressing. Oh
2: no.
1: And it is. The emo gang then descends into the world of indie rock, which is basically the world of the never-ending story.
0: Oh, my God. So tell me, please, that Falcor shows up. Oh, my God. He does. <laughs> and the band betray you?
1: I, no, I think this was a bit early for that. Oh,
0: that's too bad. Because that's like a perfect entry point for them just because of you know
1: i'm just impressed you know who atreyu is <laughs> to be real. in the never-ending stories nothing is real and it's trying to eat the world of indie rock so now we just pivot to the heroes of emo having to go in and save indie rock from the nothing
0: the nothing is like one of the most brilliant fucking villains of all time and the fact that is literally nothing yeah And so it's like, all right, so how do we draw this? We just don't.
1: We just turn off the light.
0: Yeah, we just turn off the light. In fact, we just take away the set. It gets really cheap real
1: fast. (laughs) Just keep the camera rolling, but keep the cap on the lens. Yeah. (laughs) We're fine, actually. Start turning
0: off lights one by one. It's going to be fine.
1: Yeah. Some ambiance. We're good. (laughs) Okay, so there's also a subplot that I have a weirdly visceral memory of where you can collect pieces of a photo puzzle to make up a full photo of Jennifer Love Hewitt pulling her shirt up so you can see her tits. Is it real? Apparently. Oh, really? And genuinely, that's all I remember and could find
2: (laughs) on
0: this game.
1: And I'm so sorry for putting this out in the world, but it's fucking crazy.
0: Oh, she was a heartthrob, though.
1: Oh, Jennifer Love Heartthrob entirely. Yeah. So that's Emo Game 2. And now Emo Game 2.5. This one I did get to play. If you guys want, I can push the link through or pass the link along if you're looking for it. There is, like, one website that did a port of it so you can play it. I played it on a Mac computer. It ran completely fine. I didn't have to download anything. I just used it on a website because... Yeah, in 2022, I would 100% never download a game that used to be a Flash game onto my MacBook. Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) I barely open email attachments from work, and that's gotten me in some trouble, but that's a separate thing. (laughs) So there's some workarounds, but again, Jason Oda's really done a lot of work to bury this so it doesn't come out. Right. Anyway, I'm going to talk about it in detail. (laughs) Now... Emo game 2.5 is actually called the anti-Bush game. Oh. This one came out in 2004, and this one isn't as emo as much as it is political.
0: Okay, so this is their American idiot.
1: Yeah, so um, just for what it's worth right now, I'm going to keep my personal politics aside. I'd ask that you do the same. We're just going to talk about the game. Politics is insane. We don't need to get too far into it. I think I've made my personal politics very clear, especially in the Goose Game episode, which <laughs> is weird to say. Um,
2: <laughs>
1: and you know, just in general, like as a person, like I said, I'm mixed. I'm a little gay. I'm I'm a couple things that check a couple boxes, and I'm an advocate for human rights. So there's that. And we're going to get into some other stuff again. I want to be cognizant of where people lie and be respectful of where everyone is. So remember, this came out in 2004. This is the age of Not My President merch, American Idiot, even Eminem was pushing out anti-war songs. It was a very aggressive time politically in music. So, of course, the emo game franchise reflected that movement as an extension of the culture. You know, this was very much what's happening in the world, like, oh, friends and malls and... Abercrombie and Fitch, and then in 2004, that was an insane presidential race. Yeah. Was um, that the first one you got to vote in?
0: Yeah, 2004 was the first time I got to uh, vote in an election, yeah. Well, in the presidential In ones, the presidential election, There yeah. might have been smaller ones yeah, as yeah. you
1: turned 18, but yeah, th- isn't that cool?
0: That's pretty cool, yeah. I mean, that was very much the uh, Bush-lied, kids-died fucking year. That's we right. went to war with Iraq and stuff. Like, this is the beginning of all that. So, yeah, there was a lot of anti-Bush Sentiment in the world.
1: Certainly, the game opens with Dick Cheney and Darth Rumsfeld in an ATAT at at ATAT from Star Wars. Oh,
0: one of those. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry, I thought you meant like AT and T, like the brand.
1: No, what? I'm talking about the Star Wars.
0: <laughs> 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 the Star <Machine>. Wars. Yes. <laughs> the ATAT at at, at whichever you want to pronounce it. Okay.
1: As. Either way, you know what I'm talking about with George W. Bush. They t- tell W to play his Game Boy while they address the cabinet and announce they have a new secretary of compassionate conservatism.
0: Compassionate conservatism. Who's that going to be? Voltron. <laughs> a fucking evil robot. <laughs> Perfect.
1: Voltron goes on a tirade, saying he's a machine fueled by oil and blood of foreigners.
0: <laughs> he is the
1: Empire, the End, the almighty commander and god. He is the new America. You thought this would be normal.
0: (laughs) No, I did not. (laughs) But it is weirder than I ever expected it to be.
1: You fully expected something weird and it exceeded your expectations immediately. (laughs) Very much, yeah. We are still in the opening (laughs) cutscene. He then starts murdering people of all nations, sodomizes the Statue of Liberty, and George W. Bush is in the ATAT shooting down and killing the UN.
0: The whole UN. Okay.
1: Just the whole UN. Hulk Hogan sees Voltron making butt love to the Statue of Liberty and says, This isn't what Hulk Hogan and the Hulkamaniacs fought for. <laughs> this isn't American. Whatever. 2004 was a very different time. Very. Hulk Hogan recruits He Man.
0: <laughs> he Man.
1: Who is very fat now and they keep making fat jokes about He-Man's titties and stuff. And Mr. T, who's just Mr. T from the A-Team.
0: Well, that's the thing is some of these are actual people and some of these are fictional characters. So that's what's really kind of fucked up about it all.
1: How would you classify Mr. T?
0: Mr. T is a real person.
1: I know, but like he's such a character of himself,
2: you know? He
0: is, you know, he has very much done that, but he also, like Sam Levine tells a great story of meeting him on the set of Not Another Teen Movie, and he's like, what can I call you? And he said, Mr. T. Oh, And he was like, no, 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 but I know that's like your stage name, but like, do you have like another? He's like, no, it's Mr. T. Oh, wow. Okay. So he
1: owns his persona. Yeah, entirely. Well, anyway, he and (laughs) He-Man have to take down George Bush. Mr. T calls He-Man a fat ass He-Man and tells him he hates him, but agrees to help. So Mr. T is just openly like, I'm going to body shame you and tell you that I hate you. (laughs) But we got to take down George W. Bush. R2D2 comes in. (laughs) and shows off in that same way that he delivers the princess Leia message in the hologram shows that there are five Voltron keys and the team can take control of Voltron and take away Bush's power. If they get the keys.
0: All right. So they have to separate the Voltron Yeah. into its individual parts. Yeah. Now, for those that don't know, Voltron's kind of an early version of power Rangers, Megazord.
1: Yes, that's fair. So it kind of looks like a giant Autobot, but it, compiled of five different units.
0: I love that I went from like a really old reference to a very old reference. You know, I get that, (laughs) but.
1: (laughs) These are a very dated time. I I don't think anyone who's listening to this is like, I don't have any context for this world.
0: (laughs) I think if you downloaded this episode
1: and you're listening to it and you've gotten to this point, you probably know what Voltron is. Fair. And you probably need to hydrate more. We as a generation of people our age are dehydrated so like in the previous emo games the playable characters have different ults so hulk hogan's is hulkamania mr t's is the a-team attack and fat ass he-man is i got the power
0: so you're no longer playing as an emo band
1: no you're just (laughs) hulk hogan mr t and fat ass he-man
0: sure now we're wondering why a third game never happened but okay
1: (laughs) Oh, no one's wondering that. <laughs> you can also unlock additional characters like in the previous game, like Howard Dean. Do you remember Howard Dean?
0: No. I mean, I think he's the guy that yelled fire one time.
1: He didn't yell fire, but he is known as the screaming guy. He was at a Democratic National Conference, I believe. And he was like, and we're going to Washington and we're going to take back the White House. And he did this insane scream where he went. <laughs> he yeah.
0: Yeah. I think he was yelling fire when he did that.
1: Oh, I apologize. I thought he was just going.
0: The only reason I know that is, okay, you're ready for dating. Uh, I was listening to Howard Stern pre-Serious XM when he was like, just on the fucking radio.
1: Before he was extraterrestrial and was just terrestrial.
0: And they had that as like just like a sound bite that they kept using over and over again. And every time they'd do, Howard go, Fire like that.
2: Oh. Yeah. Okay. So
0: I always assumed he was yelling fire because Howard Stern always said he was yelling fire, but I really don't know. Anyway.
1: Howard Stern is also a playable character in this game. <laughs> Perfect. So glad you said that without realizing. <laughs> I
0: had no how idea how perfect
1: it would be. Uh, Christopher Reeve in a wheelchair is in this game. Oh, oh my um, god! The documentarian Michael Moore is in this game. Rosie O'Donnell's in this game. Oh my god! A bunch gosh. of other people, and you just pick them along up along the way. <laughs> this game includes just political facts, like graphs of the federal surplus and deficit since 1981, and the projected surplus and deficit. It includes how Bush depleted the Social Security surplus and the lockbox set aside for Social Security benefits in his first term, tax initiatives he's done to protect the rich, all sorts of stuff. It's really an information dump where you shoot people.
0: Well, see, the importance was, was that the whole lockbox situation was a huge fucking deal. And like it was the only thing in the news for about a year. And then 9-11 happened and everybody forgot about it. Yeah. So it was still a problem that was occurring. But because 9-11 came in and fucking distracted everybody, Mm -hmm. a lot of people forgot about the whole lockbox situation. So the fact that in 2004 it was that he was bringing this up. Right. Yeah. He was trying to remind people like this is still a fucking problem, everybody.
1: Yeah. Like we still dipped below where we. Promised as a team, we weren't gonna go. Yeah, like when you're like, "This is the last cookie," and then you open up a new sleeve of cookies. Yeah, if I can, if I can break that down into like fat ass He-Man territory, right? <laughs> AKA me territory. <laughs> I cannot be left around a sleeve of those Berkey Oreos. Um, <laughs> but same thing on a national level, <laughs> which takes away uh, benefits for people who need them. So you run through the White House, fighting cabinet members, the FCC board. Literal, just pigs. Um, They're (laughs) pigs in suits, and you get information dumps between fights about how Bush failed everyone but the rich in his first term as president through, you know, tax initiatives, other failed resources, and things that he said he was going to push and didn't. You then run through Anywhere USA, where you explore the exploitation of workers and John Kerry's stance on funding jobs and infrastructure. And then the Stay puffed Marshmallow Man tries to kill you when you try to escape Willy Wonka's chocolate factory.
2: <laughs> so, I mean,
1: there are genuine stats that are sourced and like, here's what's happening to workforces, Here, what's happening to the safeguards that are supposed to protect unions, things like that. Here's where John Kerry, who is running against George W. Bush as the Democratic candidate in that race, stands on these things and where he's promised to kind of make up for other, you know, shortcomings. But then, you know, the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man comes in and tries to kill you. So I guess it's still light.
0: I mean, there were so many desperate attempts to get the young vote going on. I mean, there always are. There's yeah. always desperate attempts to get the young votes. I mean, remember, Pokemon Go to the polls. Oh, that You vine. know, little shit like that. That's so Ugh. fucking cringy and shit of yeah. them trying to connect. But at the same time, there are people, like, I remember MTV doing Rock the Vote, that kind of stuff. Oh,
1: it was so cringy.
0: Yeah. Or it was, at that era, I would have been uh, Puff Daddy, P. Diddy, whatever the fuck name he was going by at the time. <laughs> uh, he also was, like, very much at the forefront of that, trying to get Bush unelected. You know, they, they just kept talking about change and trying to get, you know, that's the early days of of, of the change campaign, really, before even Obama showed up, but... I think it sounds like to me that this game was very much like his way of educating the young vote in a big way by also entertaining them with a franchise that they were familiar with.
1: Absolutely. I, that is a perfect way of phrasing it. And, I have not thought about Rock the Vote (laughs)
2: in
0: so long, but I can
1: see the logo, the little square logo with the check mark in my head. Mm -hmm. Puff Daddy was a big part of it, and us saying Puff Daddy just also ages us. Right. (laughs) You're making me want to get a second retinol cream tonight. Holy shit. (laughs) But
2: you're right. I think
1: that's very fair to be like, he saw this opportunity to participate, and in the punk scene, like No Effects was producing T-shirts and hoodies that said "Not My President." I had a hoodie that said "Not My President." It came out through Fat Records, which was a huge label—probably still is. Uh, it's been a minute. Two thousand four was exactly when Green Day dropped "American Idiot," right? Which is still on Broadway.
0: <laughs> Very relevant still.
1: Yeah, which I saw in previews at the Berkeley Repertory Theater.
0: Of course, you did. How many Broadway shows have you seen? Him? previews prior to them coming out though like four or five yeah exactly
1: (laughs) (laughs) I did see it when members of Green Day were there which was kind of cool Billy Joe definitely was there when I got a drink and I walked by him and was like you are smaller than I thought and people say you look like him I do not see it in any way shape or form
0: I would say the number one celebrity of my life that I've gotten that I look like is Billy Joe Armstrong
1: I do not see it at all in you but anyway, that was, you know, the punk scene was very reactive to this world. The Not My President movement through Fat Records and through Fat Mike and No Effects. I'm not being flippant. His stage name is Fat Mike. Right. Um, <laughs> and Fat Records, it's fat. And then the word rec with a W and then chords like guitar chords is Fat Records is their label, which is cool. smart. Yeah, no, it's great. I, I love No Effects. They're a wonderful, wonderful, lighthearted punk band. But this was their big serious movement. And it this was very reflective of what was happening in pop punk and emo. and. It wasn't just calling Chris Caraba a fucking baby. It was this, too. (laughs) So anyway, you run into a minigame where you can finger bang Hillary
0: Duff. (laughs) Hillary Duff this time. Okay.
1: Yeah, because, you know, we're getting older. We're more mature.
0: So in this game, Hulk Hogan can finger bang Hillary Duff.
1: Or Howard Stern. Or Howard
0: Stern. Or Howard Dean. (laughs) (laughs) Or Christopher
1: Reeve in a wheelchair. You know, whatever. Oh,
0: my God.
1: So after this section, you run into Mel Gibson who's crucifying a Christ deity yelling for more blood. In In case anyone forgot, Passion of the Christ existed. (laughs) You see Christ and you're like, hey man, let me get you out of this situation with Mel Gibson. And then Christ joins your team.
0: You get Jesus on your team now? Yes. Oh, God. This game really has just gone off the fucking rails.
1: I thought you were going to say, this game has everything. <laughs> you finger bang Mandy Moore. You save Jesus. I like
0: that Jesus comes in after the last finger bang mission.
1: <laughs> so you can't have him finger bang.
0: Uh, <laughs> Hillary
1: Duff. Yeah. So anyway, Bush traps you in Christ in a rocket and drops you in the Middle East.
0: Because <laughs> run- the Middle East needs Jesus, God damn it. <laughs>
1: You've never sounded more American. <laughs> you run and hide in a giant Sarah Michelle Geller head.
0: A giant Buffy head? Yes. Oh, I love that.
1: You fall down a well and see the Teletubbies chained to a wall. And then Darth Maul tries to fight you.
0: To be fair, the purple one likes it. <laughs>
1: we're not kink shamers if that's what you're into fucking go for it Tinky Winky I know Poe is the red one I think
2: because they're like
1: fun flouncy names then the last one goes (laughs) Poe that's all I got I'm a little too old for that one So Darth Maul tries to fight you and this is genuinely the hardest boss battle that I can remember because he's jumping and he can spin his double-ended lightsaber and like reflect your bangs back at you. This one sucks. (laughs) Okay. After you defeat Darth Maul, which again, I'm just bitching about how hard that fight was. You've earned all five Voltron keys. (laughs) So Finally. That's a sentence I said. And while you're down there, Osama bin Laden, Kim Jong-il... And the Hamburglar come down to kill you.
0: The three terrorists.
1: Yes. (laughs) And they're like, we're going to kill you and we're going to blow up Washington, D.C. Fuck you. But your kindness has finally paid off because the Teletubbies who are now freed come down and shoot them. (laughs) And now you're saved because of the Teletubbies. Once you get outside, you call Voltron who reports for duty.
0: Okay, so now Voltron's on your side because you control the keys. Yeah. So Voltron no longer controls themselves. No. Cause before Voltron seemed sentient by themselves.
1: Yeah, but he was like under the rule of like Darth Cheney and right. shit.
0: So <laughs> Darth Cheney. It's a
1: whole thing. I'm paraphrasing some parts because again, it just gets really fucking weird. Right. This, this is the watered down version, guys. <laughs> I am so sorry. This is me trying to filter for you and it's still completely off the fucking rails. All right, so once you get outside of this crazy bunker <laughs> when the Teletubbies have saved your life, you call Voltron who reports for duty because you've got the keys now so you can control him, which is right. great. Right, that's good. You fly back to Washington, D.C. because you're like, we still gotta, you know, fix this shit. You land in D.C. to fight Bush who's in his ATAT, and then suddenly a loose nuclear missile. It was a god, what are they a weapon of mass destruction.
0: Okay, one of the weapons of mass destruction.
1: Yeah, which was a crazy thing to have be the hashtag of the era without being a hashtag. Right. This loose weapon of mass destruction from the Middle East deploys and it blows up the AT-AT and Voltron. Both of them? Yes. Uh-oh. Which is crazy cuz you're like that was that was going to be the final battle. The
0: good and the bad guy are both dead now.
1: Yeah. This turns Bush into president, somehow.
0: Just president?
1: Just president! (laughs) (laughs) He's super evil and merges with a pig and a hawk to defeat the Justice Squad? I didn't come up with a fun title for this group of people because they're all fucking weirdos.
0: (laughs) Yeah, this little, like, super friends group.
1: Yeah, the super friends, yeah. Let's call them that. Why not? So the squad is sad and they're like, holy shit, we did not do this right. John Kerry flies down and turns into Kerrytron to defend America, (laughs) but then his arms and legs are removed as the pieces of Voltron attach to his body. Oh, shit. It's this crazy multi-tier boss battle where you have to kill this giant pig and this giant hawk and... They're flinging smaller pigs at you, and they kind of look like a Mount Rushmore thing that take up the whole screen, and you're Tron trying to kill this three-headed conservative monster, and it's fucking crazy.
0: (laughs) It just sounds like pure insanity, honest to God.
1: It it 100% is, and I don't know, I mean, spoiler alert, John Kerry didn't win.
0: Right. (laughs) So,
1: who's to say this hurt or helped the campaign?
0: Nobody had ever heard of John Kerry prior to this, and we haven't heard from John Kerry since. The
1: people at the wakeboard rentals have heard of John Kerry. (laughs) (laughs) I just remember that was this whole thing. They're like, he loves wakeboarding. He was like, who gives a shit? How does he stand on taxation? (laughs) (laughs) What? You know when they just pick one weird thing to go off of, and you're like, that can't be your whole personality. Oh, it is weird.
0: Honestly, if he would have just spent less time Merging with Voltron, we could have probably had him become president. You know, hindsight is 2020.
1: <laughs> so, after you kill the three headed conservative monster and the team, the remaining team, comes together, John Kerry comes out of Carrytron and plugs a bunch of his campaign promises, including his promises to explore universal health care and tax reform, which is are both just a laughable dream, and it plugs the John Kerry website and thanks you for playing Bush Game.
0: Okay, so this was like John Kerry approves this video game.
1: Yeah, but he clearly <laughs> didn't because no one in their right fucking mind would ever sign on to be any part of this. <laughs> no.
0: No. No, this would have been a very bad look to be like, all right, I'm running for president. I'm going to make a video game about me literally murdering the current president.
1: How long until we get that to that era, though?
0: I mean, we're at least two, maybe half a... So this next election cycle probably... Yeah. <laughs> You're like, 24,
1: baby, it's coming. Yeah,
0: I was like, maybe two election... No, it's probably it's the, next the next one. It's definitely
1: the next one. So that is the end of the emo game era, but... There was a slight update in 2017. Oh? So the emo game website was updated simply with this message from Jason Oda, and I'm going to read it verbatim. From the creator, 15 years later. I made the first emo game in 2002 when both me and the internet were still very young and immature. Obviously, a lot of the cartoon sex humor does not pass today's smell test of appropriateness. I apologize for everything terrible in these games in that regard. I also want to apologize to all the mean-spirited stuff written in these games about some pretty nice people, especially Chris Caraba, (laughs) Brett Detar, and Newfound Glory. (laughs) (laughs) At the time, we were living in a buddyhead.com era in which everyone, including myself, was trying to prove how cool we were by hating certain bands. Let me make it clear, I was 100% listening to all these bands at the time and loving them. Give me a karaoke microphone to this day and watch me pogo as I gleefully belt out Hit or Miss by Newfound Glory. Back then, these people loomed so large to me that I couldn't imagine my words might be hurtful. Today, playing this game is as painful and cringe-inducing to me as reading my high school poetry. Oof. I think a lot of us who were emo in the early aughts can reflect on how ridiculously overly serious all of us were at the time. I'm not sure what we were trying to prove that girls were evil for breaking our hearts and not dating us, or perhaps that our supposed superior taste in music made up for the fact that we were often complete bummers to hang out with. <laughs> Mostly. I think it was just being young, dumb and insecure in time. We all grow up and we were able to admit to ourselves that things aren't that bad and that the starting line is actually pretty awesome. The starting line is a band.
0: <laughs> I would have never picked up on that. <laughs> I thought it was talking about a metaphorical starting line. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, man. The starting Tell me what lines. you thought about
1: when you were gone oh, now. Oh, my God. So alone. <laughs> no? Nope. Ah, okay, we're gonna listen to some of that later because they are pretty awesome. Finally, the last thing I want to say is that all these years later, the second album by the anniversary is still so disappointing. <laughs> Winky face, emo for life, Jason.
0: See, I was really expecting like him to announce like a mumble rapper game, you know, <laughs> starring like Takeshi Six Nine, Baby No Money, Young Gravy, that kind of shit.
1: You just want to fully see something where, like, Baby No Money, Young Gravy, fucking Rich Brian, fucking Y2K, Y2K, (laughs) all of them come together and fight, like, I don't know, Pete Davidson.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Jay-Z comes and kidnaps somebody, and they gotta go and rescue.
1: Oh, no, he's like, <laughs> I'm so done. He did do a Fallout Boy game, which I could find nearly no footage of, but it did come out after the emo games. Obviously, that's a separate era of uh, the genre, but yeah, that insane ride. So first of all, I'm sorry.
0: So's the <laughs> D- creator. <laughs> yeah, just an
1: overarching <laughs> apology, but you know what? This was a really specific time of media. This is a really specific piece of media, and I've poured hours into this, so... Eat my shorts. Like, I've played all the games this season and that I've at least covered, and yeah. most of the ones you've covered, actually. And
0: actually, this is the first season, I'm just going to be straight up, this is the first season that you and I have played every single game that we are covering as well.
1: That's true. Yeah, there's a couple that have been difficult to find or... Yeah you know, our cabinets. So it's like we spend 20 hours at an arcade away from home trying to play them or we watch it or a walkthrough on YouTube and we go through it that way. But these are this is our experiential season. So it's been hitting very close to home for every episode. And this one specifically, you know, like I've talked about my journey with video games. It was my Game Boy Color. This was my weird placeholder at my midpoint. And then I got back into gaming really hardcore in my 20s after playing The Wolf Among Us. So this is part of my story. This was a game that I got weirdly into. I made all my friends play it. And guys, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Me and Jason Oda both apologize for bringing this into your world. And you know what? This It feels like such a time capsule because of the humor, because of the writing, because of the music. And... I'm emo for life as well. Emo five fucking ever. I am ride or fucking die. I've got the bad tattoos to prove it. My ears will never be the same. Like, <laughs> let's fucking go. I genuinely have Taking Mech Sunday on my phone playing right now because it's so goddamn good. Ugh. And, you know, if you guys just want to talk emo music, like, slide through those DMs on Instagram. It's uh, at the other castle. I am, ugh thousand percent all about it or if you want to tease tom for being a normie that's kind of mean don't do that yeah you don't have to (laughs) just catch him at the gap and uh you know ask him about that newest uh, dave matthews record or something i don't know
0: well i just want to thank you because you know i walked into this with absolutely no knowledge of emo or the music or anything and now i'm walking out with absolutely no knowledge of emo or the music or anything so thank you Congratulations, you've learned nothing. (laughs) Fuck you.
1: (laughs) You still won't connect with me and my culture. (laughs) You either learn Tagalog or you learn emo. You have to pick one. One of the two. then you'll understand why i'm like this (laughs) but no this was a very personal game for me and i'd love to think there's just like one other person out there in the internet who remembers this weird thing and can commiserate with me on how insane it was and if not all of you who just listened and made it this far have gone through this weird journey with me and you know i appreciate it for what it was i can appreciate the times we had and that it's over like a like a breakup, you know? It's my emo breakup. I'm like, thank you, <laughs> but goodbye. And I'm closing the chapter on this game forever. And this is, like, the best compilation of all the information I could find on these games no, going it's through. Good. I did so much Wayback Machine, guys. Like, oh, holy Toledo. I am ready for a nap. <laughs> a nice emo nap, so... Thanks, everyone, for hanging with us on that one. That was a weird one, but I hope you got some enjoyment out of it or some secondhand cringe. I think that's also valid.
0: Yeah, and stay away from Steven Tyler, apparently.
1: And make fun of Chris Carrabba,
0: <laughs> Or don't.
1: Yeah, it's Chris Caraba. <laughs> <laughs> fucking go for it. Uh, Newfound Glory is still fucking great. Love them very dearly.
0: Alright, Goombas. I think that's Everything we have for you this week.
1: That's everything we got. Check out our Facebook, our Instagram. Check out our website in the show notes below. Check out our email address. All the things. All the things. And if you have suggestions for games, we are taking suggestions always. We aren't able to get through all of them, but it's always ha- nice to have them on the list. Please shoot us an email if you got something fun. Check out our Instagram. I will be posting some screenshots from the game. So if you're like, are you seriously telling me <laughs> any of this happened? Yes motherfucker It 100% did I have receipts I had receipts for Goose Game On how it was created I got receipts on Emo Game And that it's real And not just a weird fever dream I had when I got drunk And fell asleep Listening to the Warp Tour compilation It's all real (laughs) Tom just wants me to go to bed Because I'm getting too hyped up
0: (laughs) It was wrong to do this at night
1: (laughs) Thank you guys so much. I hope you have a fantastic time. I hope you're listening to wonderful music after this, or before this, or during this. Fucking double down on your audio. I don't give a shit.
0: Yeah. Do it. Listen to this music while you're listening to this podcast.
1: Or whatever. I can't tell you what to do.
0: <laughs>
1: Alright, thanks guys so much. But
0: we can end this episode. So this is Tom and Andre reminding you. Stay punk. And don't skip the cutscenes. Bye.
2: Your